Ashley. I'm Tiffany. And I'm Rebecca. Thank you for joining us each week as we discuss the history, mystery, and theory of all things. <laughs> oh, are you? Having, I almost said having... sexual. Oh, hey. <laughs> I couldn't remember the word for questionable. <laughs> Por que no los dos? I resign. <laughs> sexual. Odd. And query. Oh! <laughs> The LOS spinoff. I was about to say, speaking of spinoff podcast. <laughs> JK, Rebecca's not editing anymore. <laughs> Fine. Okay, then. That was a fun intro. That oh, was yeah. new. Welcome. <laughs> I'm broken. Ashley, what are we learning about today? Nothing sexual or query. Oh, possibly odd. Any death? <laughs> no, I would never. We have recorded evidence that says otherwise. I would never. New month, new me. Who dis? <laughs> new topic, who dis? Yeah, there's death. <laughs> <laughs> when Eastern State Penitentiary, or Cherry Hill as it was known at the time, was erected in 1829 in Francisville, it was the largest and most expensive public structure in the country. Which um, country? <laughs> Have you never heard of the Eastern State Penitentiary? Okay. <laughs> It's in, it's in Pennsylvania. Okay. Because I was thinking. <laughs> nope. Cherry Point. Just kidding. Cherry Point, North Carolina is where my brother was born, not that's, Cherry Hill. That's still the same country. <laughs> Get back to it. So about that map. <laughs> okay. Starting off real strong today. <laughs> Did you mean which state? No. <laughs> Even when I throw you a line. Oh, uh, happy belated birthday, by the way, <laughs> Tiffany. I was going to mention it, but I didn't want it well, to be all about me. <laughs> we'll let that slide since it's your birthday week. All right. So from 1829 <laughs> <laughs> from eighteen twenty nine to 1971, the Eastern State Penitentiary in Pennsylvania, United States of America, North America, the <laughs> Earth, <laughs> the Earth, operated- Milky Way Galaxy, <laughs> we believe operated as one of the most famous and most expensive prisons in history. At its completion, the building was the largest and most... We're just going to keep saying that. The largest and most expensive public structure ever erected in the United States and quickly became a model for more than 300 prisons worldwide. Eastern State emerged from concerns of prison reformers in Philadelphia in the late 18th century when prisons held accused criminals only until their trials. If convicted, prisoners faced public and corporal punishment. In 1787, a group of well-known and powerful Philadelphians known as the Philadelphia Society for Alleviating the Miseries of Public Prisons. Oh, what is the, please give me a, a, what's it called? Acronym? Yep. Thank you. The (laughs) FISIMAPPA. The Fissa They met in the home of Benjamin Franklin. The members expressed growing concern with the conditions in American and European prisons. Conditions at the Walnut Street Jail, which was located directly behind Independence Hall, were appalling. Opened in 1777, the Walnut Street Jail housed accused men, women, adults, children, thieves, murderers were all jailed together in disease-ridden dirty pens where rape and robbery were common occurrences. Okay, I know that this is in other movies and TV shows and everything because, you know, this is something that was prevalent in history, but this reminds me of Outlander. I haven't seen it. Oh, girl, you need to watch it. But uh, there's a scene where Jamie's <laughs> in prison or like a season where he's in prison and it's bad. Continue. Okay. Uh, I think lots of, lots of prisons are bad. Okay. Okay. 
Um, the jailers made little effort to protect the prisoners from each other. Instead, they sold prisoners alcohol up to nearly 20 gallons a day. Jesus. Food, heat, and clothing came at a price, and it wasn't unusual for prisoners to die from the cold or starvation. And keep in mind, they were only kept until their trials. Because if they were found innocent, they were let go. If they were found guilty, they were usually killed. Dr. Benjamin Rush spoke on the society's goal to see the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania set the international standard in prison design. He was convinced that crime was a, quote, moral disease and suggested a house of repentance where prisoners could meditate on their crimes, experience spiritual remorse, and undergo rehabilitation. Good for him. What's his name again? Dr. Benjamin Rush. Okay. You go, Rush. Rush. Calm down on the Cocoa Award. Good. Just hear me out for a couple more pages. The concept grew from enlightenment thinking, but no government had successfully carried out such a program. It took the society more than 30 years to convince the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania to build this kind of prison. But in 1821, Pennsylvania legislature appropriated $250,000 for Eastern State and thus began a revolutionary new building on the farmland outside of Philadelphia at 2027 Fairmont Avenue. All in all, I think it was $800,000 worth of construction in the 1820s. Wow. Um, Its architectural significance first arose when British architect John Haviland was chosen to design the building. Haviland found most of his inspiration for his plans for the penitentiary from prisons and asylums being built in the 1780s in England and Ireland. He gave the prison a neo-Gothic look to instill fear into those who thought of committing a crime. Ooh, spooky. This design for the penitentiary, which Haviland devised, became known as the hub and spoke plan, or a wagon wheel plan, consisted of an octagonal center connected by corridors to seven radiating single-story cell blocks. So it kind of looked like a wagon wheel. You had the circle in the middle with spokes coming off of it. Each containing two ranges of large single cells. So you had a cell block, which was like a large rectangle, and you had cells on either side. The cells were 8 by 12 feet by 10 feet high with hot water heating, a water tap, toilet, and individual exercise yards that were the same width as the cell. Keep in mind, this was still the time when the White House had no running water and was heated with coal burning stoves. So the White House had no running water, was still doing coal burning, but they had uh, running water, heat, basically. It was hot water heating, so they just ran hot water through the pipes. During the really, really cold months. Um, Haviland remarked that he chose the design to promote watching, convenience, economy, and ventilation. Kudos to him. Okay. Those are all important things in a jail. I mean, yeah. I have no knowledge in this area, but (laughs) all of those sound great to me. I appreciate them in my house. There were rectangular openings in the cell wall through which food and work materials could be passed to the prisoner, as well as peepholes for guards to observe prisoners without being seen. To minimize the opportunities for communication between inmates, Haviland designed a basic flush toilet for each cell with individual pipes leading to a central sewer, which he hoped would prevent the sending of messages between adjacent cells. Smart. Despite his efforts, prisoners were still able to communicate with each other, and the system had to be redesigned several times. I couldn't find any confirmation if he ever actually got it to work, but apparently people still got caught trying to communicate with them. Um, Once construction of the prison was completed in 1836, it could house 450 prisoners in total isolation. Um, The penitentiary opened in 1829, seven years before its total completion. 
Charles Williams, a farmer sentenced to two years for theft, would be inmate number one. On October 23, 1829, Williams was escorted into the new prison with an eyeless hood placed over his head. This was allegedly done to secure his identity and his eventual integration back into society upon release, as no one would recognize his face from the prison. But it also served another purpose, to ensure that there would be no chance of escape, as Williams would never see the prison beyond his private cell. Look at them using their thinking caps. Snakes. You know, that Benjamin Franklin guy. Wait, I thought it was just at his house that didn't... Well, he was part of the society that created it. I had a smart moment, and we're just going to let that pass. What country? (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) By that winter, the prison housed seven convicts in solitary confinement, sentenced for various periods between one and 11 years. 11 years in solitary confinement? Yes. Okay. You good? (laughs) No, that is terrifying. (laughs) Eastern state is considered to be the world's first true penitentiary. Eastern state's revolutionary system of incarceration, dubbed the Pennsylvania system or separate system, encouraged separate confinement as a form of rehabilitation. The church viewed imprisonment, usually in isolation, as an instrument that would modify sinful or disruptive behavior. The time spent in prison would help inmates reflect on their crimes committed, giving them the mission for redemption. The halls were designed to have the feel of a church with 30-foot barrel vaulted hallways, tall arch windows, and skylights throughout. In their cell, the prisoner only had the light from heaven, the word of God, the Bible, and honest work. To help offset the cost of incarceration, the state required prisoners to do work in their cells, including shoemaking, weaving, and chair canning. What is chair canning? Chair caning. Caning? Yeah. So proud of myself. <laughs> um, it's basically where you weave like, okay. the old wicker chairs, how they had the woven seats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which would lead to pensions. Yeah. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. You- I came across that word so many times in these notes and I was like, I don't know that I know how to say that. It's like a pension whenever you, what is it? Whenever you're working and it, do you get it whenever you retire or is it? Well, I think here? this is supposed to be like a religious pensions. Like penance? Pen- maybe? P-E-N-I-T-E-N-C-E. Yeah. I probably should have Note looked to self up. I looked up what caning was, but I didn't. <laughs> Chair canning? <laughs> yeah. The warden was legally required to visit every inmate every day, and the overseers were mandated to see each inmate three times a day, which was usually when they delivered their meals. Inmates were housed in cells that could only be accessed by entering through a small door through their exercise yard attached to the back of the prison. Some believe that the doors were small, so prisoners would have a harder time getting in and out, minimizing attacks on the officers. Others believe that they were made this way to force prisoners to bow when entering their cells. Uh. And this design is related to penance, which is a voluntary self-punishment inflicted as an outward expression of repentance for having done wrong and ties to the religious inspiration of the prison. These doors were bolted shut behind them, and only a small portal just large enough to pass meals opened into the cell blocks from inside of the jail. So they had one door that came in from their exercise yard that they could pass in and out of, and the only other access was from like a small window where they could give them food. The doors that you see now leading into the cells from the inside of the jail were not added until the 1850s. The cells were made of concrete with a single glass skylight representing the, quote, eye of God to suggest to the prisoners that God was always watching them. Like Santa Claus. Uh, (laughs) What? (laughs) I'm sitting here going like, okay, that sounds terrifying. Giant eye staring at me all the time. And now I'm thinking about Santa Claus. Oh, dear Lord. I mean, actual eye. It's just the skylight. That's the only light. There was no windows on the side of the cells. 
Yeah. Mm. So it was just a single skylight in the roof of the cell. The door that led out to their exercise yard was completely bolted shut. And they had a teeny tiny window that opened that the guards could pass food in and out of. This sounds awful. Um, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Concur. Agreed. Cell accommodations were advanced for their time, including a faucet with running water over a flush toilet, as well as curved pipes along part of one wall which served as central heating during the winter months, where hot water would be run through the pipes to keep the cells reasonably heated. Toilets were remotely flushed twice a week by the guards of the cell block. But despite all of its material comforts, this quote-unquote paradise drove inmates mad. Can't imagine why. Shocker, right? Twice a week? Do you know how much I poop a week? (laughs) (laughs) I'm guessing at least seven times? I could not. No. No. That right there would convince me to not break any rules. (laughs) You couldn't flush your own toilet? Because your own guilt wouldn't do that. I mean, true, but... But also think about it. So not only did they get flushed twice a week, but their running water ran into the toilet. So, like, if you were trying to fill something or wash something or do something in the sink, you were hovering over the toilet Mm -mm, to do it. Nope. Mm -mm. So, you know, fill up your buckets on flushing day. So, it was known as the separate system, which is part of what made Eastern State unique. Prisoners were not allowed to interact with other prisoners in any way. The penitentiary was intended not simply to punish, but to move the criminals towards spiritual reflection and change. The only visitors allowed were members of the prison society or a local minister employed by the penitentiary known as the moral instructor. The prisoners spent 23 hours a day alone in their cells. No. If they wanted to read, the only book was the The Bible. Bible. They took their meals alone in their cells because there was no main dining area. And every two weeks, they would be removed from their cells to bathe. Your girl's sweaty. That would not work either. (laughs) The only other time prisoners left their cells was to spend a single hour, which was broken up into two half-hour blocks, usually one in the morning and one in the evening, each day in their individual exercise yards, which were located directly outside of each cell. Each yard was enclosed by high walls so prisoners could not communicate. Exercise time for each prisoner was synchronized so no two prisoners next to each other would be out at the same time. Inmates were not allowed to talk to each other or the guards. On the rare occasion that they were taken out of their cells, hoods were put over their heads to prevent them from seeing the layout or them recognizing or being recognized by other inmates. Guards even wore felt shoes covers to keep the prison as quiet as possible. Utter silence, utter solitude. It was meant to inspire... Fuck this word again. Penchance? Penance. Penance. Instead, it inspired insanity. Could you imagine? No. 23 hours a day of silence with just your own thoughts. I mean, technically 24, because yeah. even when you go out in your exercise yard, it's basically like a cage Oh my god! outside of your cell, and they separate it. No interaction. My thoughts, I don't know if you picked up on this, can get a little weird. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome. I, no, that is terrifying. And then at night, it's pitch black. No. Well, that wouldn't bother me. I'm okay with... You literally just told us how you were afraid of the dark. When did I say I was afraid of the dark? With the mirrors? I'm afraid of the dark. No, I don't look at mirrors when it's dark. That's different. I don't mind the dark. The dark and I are friends. But you don't sound very confident. And we're friends. <laughs> Everything's fine. I just, no, mm-mm. 
Mm-hmm. But thanks. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, but no thanks. Um, inmates weren't allowed to talk to each other. They put masks on. God, and you said like one to 11 years of this? I mean, that was... years. That was the average for the first like seven or nine inmates. Could you... 11 years of I'm sure there's probably larger sentences, but that was for the first, whatever it was, seven or nine inmates. I think two days of isolation would be like perfect because mama needs a break. But like... More than that, I would know. I would know hard. Yeah, but like even then, we still like hear from you constantly. Oh God, she yeah. would find a way. Yeah. yeah. Where's my little carrier picture? Where's she, that scrying mirror? You she's were the about? reason the toilets get redesigned every six months. <laughs> <laughs> and they get that one day of group activity in the courtyard while they're ripping up all the pipes. Promoters of the system believe strongly that the criminals exposed in silence to thoughts of their behavior and the ugliness of their crimes would become genuinely remorseful. Fuck that word. I'm not even going to say that word anymore. (laughs) (laughs) In reality, the guards and counselors of the facility designed a variety of physical and psychological torture regimens for various infractions. Prisoners got speaking were swiftly punished. Some were left in a dark cell and fed bread and water while others were confined to straight jackets and gagged other punishments included dousing prisoners in freezing water outside during winter months oh no the iron gag which included chaining their tongues to their wrist in a fashion that struggling against the chains could cause the tongue to tear <gasps> you guys okay no <laughs> i'm suddenly very aware of my tongue it's, you know, it's just like a little thing that goes over your tongue with a nice little razor blade shiny razor blade underneath it and your arms are behind your back with chains going from your mouth kind of like a bridle but they go back to your wrist so any type of movement or if your hands got tired and you brought them down you okay you good a sip of water it's all gone <laughs> but look at rebecca's face you be i hate this Strapping prisoners into chairs with tight leather restraints for days on end. So left in a chair in a isolated cell. Uh-uh. Strapped, sitting in their own urine <gasps> and feces no! and whatever else came up. Basically, they were left there until they started to lose circulation in their hands and their wrist. And they would be released so that there was no sign of atrophy or anything along those lines. So just on that line. Okay, well... I'm not trying to make light of this, but my circulation's getting real bad now that I'm getting older. So I probably wouldn't last long in that chair because like... I don't think they would take sympathy on you. Well, I know, but like my circulation would suck. So they wouldn't have me there long. I'd imagine if they took it over the edge, they would just kill you probably based on the track record. And you would probably complain about it and then they would give you the iron gag Uh -uh, instead. No, the tongue razor thing. Mm -mm, mm -mm. (laughs) No. Um, they'd put the worst behaved prisoners into a pit they called the hole. An underground cell block dug under cell block 14 where they would have no light, no human contact, and as little food as possible for up to two weeks. In 1833, just four years after Eastern State opened, a public scandal erupted when prisoner Matthias McComsey died after prison officials subjected him to the iron gag to prevent him from talking. The penitentiary physician declared the cause of death to be apoplexy. What does that mean? Unconsciousness or incapacity resulting from a cerebral hemorrhage or stroke. Well, he did lose a lot of blood suddenly. He lost a lot of blood and had like a quarter of his tongue. But they said that he bit through his tongue when he had the stroke. 
Despite problems with prisoner management, Eastern State's supporters cheered the Pennsylvania system as the solution to crime and punishment. The prison was one of the largest public works projects to the early republic, as tourists flocked to Philadelphia in the 1830s and 40s to see this architectural wonder a debate grew about the effectiveness and compassion of solitary confinement. Was it cruel to hold these men and women without outside visitors? Yes. yes. <laughs> without books or letters from home, without contact with the outside world? Yes. yes. Supporters of Eastern praised its humane approach to prisoner treatment. What part of this is humane? The toilets? Yes. <laughs> and, the se- that, and the central heating. That flush twice? Well, a week. Don't be greedy. Oh, God. You couldn't even finish that sentence. No, like I just think about, you know, having a child that you're in the process of potty training, like flushing and washing hands is a process. So like, oh, God, even just like overnight. Oh, I can't. Supporters of Eastern State praised its humane approach to prisoner treatment, while critics claimed that isolation led to insanity and even death. Yep. So Alexis de Tocqueville. Oh, I know him. Not not like personally. I read his book. (laughs) Oh, How do I actually say his name then? Don't remember. Okay. Visited Eastern State Penitentiary in 1831 with Gustave de Beaumont. They wrote their report to the French government. Quote, thrown into solitude, the prisoner reflects. Placed alone in his view of his crime, he learns to hate it. And if his soul be not yet sure-fitted with crime and thus have lost all taste for anything better, it is in solitude where remorse will come to assail him. Can there be a combination more powerful for reform than that of a prisoner which hands over the prisoner to all of the trials of solitude? Leads him through reflection to remorse, through hope to through religion to hope, and make him industrious by the burden of idleness? Yeah, imagine reading his book in high school. Uh, yep. No gracias. Mm-hmm. Another visitor, Charles Dickens. Ever yeah. heard of him? Did not I read agree. some of his stuff. Yeah, Look I've, at me. I've read some of his, but not Alexis de Tocqueville. That's it. Oh, brava. Look at you. Now say penance. Um, Charles Dickens. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what have you read by Charles Dickens? A Christmas Carol. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to call me on my ish? Yes. She had to think about it for a second. After she was like, Christmas Carol. No, I, I like I was thrown by the question like, what? It, why is she asking this? And then it dawned on me that she thought I was full of bull malarkey and I had to put her in her place, which is there in your place. I didn't mean that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I was. No, I did. was checking you. Yeah. I, I do that because of the face you make. Okay. Sassy friends. Are we good? Y'all okay? I'm good. You sure? Tocquevilly. <laughs> I didn't hear what she Just said. Your face. <laughs> I, I saw the proud look on her face, but I'm not sure what you said. Alexis de Tocquevilly. Uh, uh. <laughs> Would you stop recording? No, I'm not recording. I'm taking pictures. So Charles Dickens um, visited the Eastern State Penitentiary in 1842. And uh, see, this is what happens when I try to go off the notes that I recorded. He recounts his 1842 visit to Eastern State Penitentiary in Chapter 7 of his travel journal, American Notes for General Circulation. Creative. Quote, 
It is intention. I am well convinced that it is kind, humane, and meant for reformation. But I am persuaded that those who designed the system of prison discipline and those benevolent gentlemen who carried it into execution do not know what it is they are doing. I hold this slow and daily tampering with the mysteries of the brain to be immeasurably worse than any torture of the body. It is because its ghastly signs and tokens are not so palpable for the eye, and it extorts few cries that human ears can hear. Therefore, I the more denounce it. It is a secret punishment in which slumbering humanity is not roused up to stay. Quote. By the 1950s, problems with prisoner management overcome... Wait, 1950? Okay, I was like, Jesus H. Christ. What does H stand for? I have no clue, but Jesus. Herbert. Herbert. (laughs) Jesus Herbert Christ. It's a long time. Uh, No, not quite that long. Okay. By the 1850s... 18. Sorry. Problems with prisoner management and overcrowding and mental health led to Eastern's officials to slowly relax the rules of isolation. Overcrowding prompted construction of even more cells, and beginning in the 1860s, officials frequently housed more than one prisoner per cell. In 1913, okay, I won't go too deep into the murder that happened in between inmates. In 1913, solitary confinement was rescinded, less for the philosophical reasons and more for the need for space. A mess hall was built in 1924, and for the first time, prisoners ate together. By 1926, after numerous additional cell blocks were built, Eastern State's population had grown from 250 to 1,700. Jesus. So they could originally hold 250, or they had 250. In 1926, they had 1,700 inmates. In a struggle to catch up with the congregate-style prisons of the day, Eastern converted many of the useless individual exercise yards into workshops. Space between cell blocks became used for sports and recreation, including a baseball field and a football field. Italian prisoners added bocce ball to the prison's many activities. The penitentiary administration produced a silent movie in 1929 to celebrate their 100th anniversary. Yay! (sighs) The film focuses not only on the historical nature of the building, aside from the occasional references to its age, but on the modern improvements and recent changes made to the building. It depicts the new factory-style weaving shops, the commercial-grade bakery and kitchens that was staffed by dozens of inmates 24 hours a day, and the new guard towers with searchlights and sirens, which makes me curious what they used before. I picture the cat tail. (laughs) Like from the old cartoons. Nightmare Before Christmas? Yeah. And I think uh, the Flintstones did something similar. They did that with a dinosaur. It was a bird. Yeah. Pterodactyl or bird. or Apparently birds are dinosaurs. So what do I know? Inmates were seen by the hundreds filling the yards between the spokes of the cell blocks. They line up in the new dining halls. But these inmates move throughout the shell of an old Pennsylvania system. The cells, now used for two or three men, have vaulted ceilings, skylights, and curious walled-up doors in the back. So they tried to, like, reinvent it when they did this silent movie. They walled up the tiny doors in the back, added the doors on the front. The workshops and dining (laughs) halls are 10 feet wide and hundreds of feet long. They are former exercise yards roofed over their partition walls removed. Still, more cell blocks would be constructed. Reinforced concrete replaced stone, and the new cells were small, square, and lit by ordinary windows. But the halls had catwalks and skylights typical of the early eastern cell blocks. These cell blocks were invisible from the rotunda. Partially underground, windowless cells with neither light nor plumbing brought a return to solitary confinement at Eastern. This time, the isolation was not for redemption, but punishment. The cells would be nicknamed Klondike. 
Um, and the last major addition was made to the Eastern State Penitentiary in 1956. Cell Block 15, Death Row. The fully electronic confinement system inside separated the inmates from the guards at virtually all times. By the 1960s, the prison was in need of costly repairs. And in 1961, after the largest riot in Eastern history, Pennsylvania began serious discussions about closing the penitentiary. It was designated a National Historic Landmark in 1965. And in 1970, after multiple riots, a breakdown of the Pennsylvania system and thousands of more prisoners than the penitentiary had ever been constructed to handle, the Commonwealth made the decision to close the facility, and in 1971, 142 years after it admitted Charles Williams prisoner number one, the remaining prisoners were sent to other local facilities. Over the course of its 142 years, the penitentiary held some 75,000 prisoners. Jeez. That's a lot of people. In isolation. No. For the most part. Could you, no. No, I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like that. Can, can we not have that? Don't go to jail. I mean, mm, that's a whole nother topic we're not going <laughs> to get into right now. So before we uh, tie up a little bit more information about what happened and continues to happen in the Eastern State Penitentiary, would you like to take a quick drink break? Sure. Rebecca, would you make something up for us, please? Absolutely. Engage intro voice. Cue explosions and dramatic music. In a world where things have gone a bit loopy, one man and his loyal dog, Finn, they come along to bring you tales of wonder and magic and fun. Hello, my friends. Very happy to say that Mirths and Monsters will be back beginning with a three-part series on the Bermuda Triangle. Mirths and Monsters, back on the 3rd of August. Available on Acast, iTunes, or whatever else you listen to your shows. Till next time, my friends. Slancha. Your good health. So we're back. Welcome back. Nice break. Jace. Star Wars jam session. Mm-hmm. Like we do. So I had a transition in my head and I lost it. So as we know, it held up to 75,000 inmates during its 142 years. Not cool. Not cool. Including its most well-known inmate, Al Capone. Hey. In 1929, five years before Alcatraz opened, which is bananas to me for some reason, (laughs) Al Capone and where Al Capone would be transferred to, he spent eight months of a one-year sentence in Eastern State for carrying a concealed weapon into a movie theater. Again, is weird to me. Like of all the things that that man did, that's why he spent a year in jail. (laughs) Between Um, that and tax evasion. Right. And, you know, St. Valentine's massacres and whatnot. Hey, look. That's not what he went to prison for. Obviously, he carried a knife into it. I don't know if it was a knife, but a weapon into a movie theater. So his cell was decorated to his demands, according to a newspaper description. <laughs> the Philadelphia Public Ledger, published on 1820-1929, 
The article suggested that Capone was allowed luxuries that others were not, though the warden denied the report. The luxuries were rumored to include an armchair, an oriental rug, decorative lamps, a radio, an armoire, um, in addition to other, quote, creature comforts. I I mean, granted, if Al Capone was like, I want a rug, I'd be like, okay. Mm, I don't know. I would. Well, I'm a sucker, so I probably would have, but he would not be the only person. Have you seen the guy? He's scary. I'm not saying I'd be like, oh, yeah, baby, whatever you want. I would be like, ah, okay, I'll find you a rug. I'm so sorry. What else do you want? So you don't need to work at a penitentiary. penitentiary. I have no plans to. So thank you for that confirmation. (laughs) Not that scary looking. But everyone knew what he did, what he had But everybody liked him, like the common folk. Yeah, you're not a common folk. You're someone who's trying to keep him in jail for a year. Another famous prisoner was bank robber Slick Willie Sutton. Oh. Who spent 11 years at Eastern State. In 1945, he was one of 12 prisoners who escaped the prison via an underground tunnel that stretched for nearly 100 feet. And he and his fellow escapees were recaptured within the hour. Hmm. Wait, he and how many? He was one of 12 prisoners. That tried to escape using this tunnel at the same time. Hot diggity dang. Mm-hmm. And then there's Pep, the cat murdering dog. What? <laughs> Pe- Pep, that's not nice. The only known canine sentenced for life at Eastern Oh my State. God, what? <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Prison records reflected that Pep took a mugshot and was given an inmate number, C2559. He was incarcerated in 1924 for having allegedly murdered Governor Guilford Penchant's <laughs> wife's cat. Although Mrs. Penchant told a reporter later that the murder had never occurred and the governor had simply donated Pep to the penitentiary to increase inmate morale. In any case, he became the beloved mascot of staff and inmates and lived like a king until his death in 1930 when he was buried on prison grounds. Pep. <laughs> You're so cute. I don't even know what you look like. Him's the best doggo. Oh, he he in, improved. That's what I'm looking for. He improved morale so well. You go, Pep. You go, Pep Coco. The city of Philadelphia purchased the site in 1860, intending to reuse or develop it. In eight, did I say 1860? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. You did. Where the fuck did that come from? <laughs> I don't know, but we're still in the United States, right? <laughs> oh my god. I think so. Maybe. Where did 1860 come from? I don't know. The city of Philadelphia purchased the site in 1980. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> And that's what it says there. Um, <laughs> you know, numbers and, and states and geography. And pendants. And words. God, I got nothing going for me, guys. Um, <laughs> At least you're pretty. Uh, sometimes. So the city bought it in 1980, intending to reuse or redevelop it. In 1988, with the prison site threatened with inappropriate reuse proposals, the Eastern State Penitentiary Task Force, or successfully petitioned Mayor Wilson Good to halt redevelopment. During the abandoned era, a forest grew in the cell block (gasps) and outside within the walls. The prisoner also became home to many stray cats. (laughs) 
Mayor Frank Rizzo had in 1974 suggested the demolition of the penitentiary and creating a criminal justice center in its place. The city decided not to do that. And 10 years later, a local landscape architecture firm approached officials with a bid to turn the cell block into 238 luxury apartments. But the city denied that as well. It was in 1987 that redevelopment officials began to seriously consider several proposals. One for a shopping center, another for a series of retail stores and parking, and another for a combination of high-priced apartments and restaurants. My guess, since you said what still goes on there, is they said no to all of that. Ding, 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 ding. Ah, I'm so smart. Don't give me that look. In 1988, the Eastern State Penitentiary Task Force, Espetifer, successfully petitioned him to halt redevelopment altogether, uh, him being the mayor. And in 1991, they began the process of stabilization and preservation and held their first Halloween fundraiser. The first Halloween event raised money for a daytime tour program, and in 1994, the penitentiary opened for tours on a daily basis. Kept in what is described as preserved ruin, the National Historic Landmark is open for artist installations, history exhibits, hands-on history tours, including the Voices of Eastern State Audio Tour, narrated by actor Steve Buscemi. Oh my god! Can we go? Uh, yes. You will not like it. Um... But I'll take you. Also, uh, there has been one wedding. Eastern State Penitentiary interprets the legacy of American criminal justice reform from the time of the nation's founding to the present day, all within the long abandoned cell blocks of the historic prison. The site is open for tours seven days a week, year round. Not currently. Make sure to check their website. <laughs> Just putting that in there. Thanks, Rona. Yeah, right. Each fall, the prison provides the opportunity to experience that phenomenon firsthand with its annual terror behind the walls. Not this year. Check the website. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Corona. A massive haunted house featuring Hollywood quality sets, custom designed props, animatronics, digital sound effects, and a cast of more than two performers in a theatrical production that consists of six haunted attractions consistently raked among the top haunted attractions in the United States. Terror Behind the Walls is the largest and runs on select evenings in the fall. <laughs> Not this year. <laughs> Check the website. Check the website. Yeah, it's supposed to be like one of the scariest haunted houses. Not in. going to that. Granted, I did read that it has the haunted scenarios that they set up mm -hmm. have nothing to do with the gel itself like it's basically just a background for the haunted house oh. um but it does end with capone's speakeasy where you can go to a bar after you go through the haunted house that's where i would be just, right yeah like, not safe there either oh why because they still haunt it wrong type of spirits <laughs> it's not the ghost it's the haunted house people uh, my that part is stands. still haunted too i don't want halloween spirit i want spirits you can <laughs> pour canola's dose <laughs> so during its 142 years of service as an active prison 1200 inmates died more than 50 inmates committed suicide and over a dozen were murdered by other inmates and these are just the ones that were reported as suicide and murder so don't like that we don't actually know the real numbers but over the decades since the 1940s long before it was abandoned officers and inmates reported eerie and mysterious experiences at the historic site and hundreds of paranormal investigations have been conducted there during the filming of paranormal challenge have either of you heard of this because mm. i just found out about it and i have a new binge show <laughs> host 
Zach Baggins. Oh my god. <laughs> called the Eastern State Penitentiary one of the hot hottest <laughs> one of the hottest spring break locations in the world. What? what? Was that a little Freudian slip with Mr. Baggins? <laughs> Shut up, don't judge me. I'm blushing. <laughs> Zach Baggins rated it one of the hottest hosts in the paranormal <laughs> circuit. He's not, though. I don't know what he does to me. Oh, my God. Look <laughs> You're so red. Is it the ghosts? It's the ghosts. <laughs> no, it's Zach Baggins, and I don't know why. I hate myself for it. <laughs> I'm not familiar with this feeling, but you're either attracted to him or you're having an allergic reaction. <laughs> Just be safe. Please consult your doctor before consuming Zach Baggins. <laughs> Test on a small patch in the corner on the side of your arm before applying. <sighs> oh, my God. Okay. During the filming of Paranormal Challenge, host Zach Baggins called Eastern State Penitentiary one of the hottest... <laughs> one of... <laughs> The most haunted places in the world. You guys, she is so red. So apparently, Paranormal <laughs> Challenge is a show that he apparently can't be named. Um, <laughs> host, where he takes two paranormal investigate investigating teams uh -huh. and puts them both into the same location. And they each have to go through and like they see who can get like the best EVP or get like the best visual shot of the hauntings. It's pretty cool. And I have a new binge. I may have watched this one today. And it's hot. So I don't know why. Because he's not. <laughs> but he just I just every time I picture the episode I talked about where he's sitting at the stairs trying to play ball with a little baby ghost and I just get flustered. <laughs> I don't know. <sighs> I have problems. <laughs> in, in fact, gangster Al Capone is said to have been transformed into a weeping and terrified mess who would send out blood curdling screams at night, shouting out for Jimmy to, quote, leave him alone. It is now believed that Capone thought the spirits of one of the men who was victim of his St. Valentine's Day massacre followed him for the rest of his life. Didn't that happen at Alcatraz too? Yeah. Okay. It's now, like I said, it's now believed that he was either followed by a spirit or suffering severe guilt. Oh, shoot. Oh, darn. For <laughs> the lives that he had taken. The sympathy is strong with this one. Oh, way. You're fine. Cell block 12 is known for echoing voices and cackling. Nope. Um, apparently, it is rumored that you will hear cackling getting louder as no. you approach it. And then it'll stop suddenly. And then people have claimed to hear their voices being called out. The cackling continuing, and if they go to investigate it, the cackling turns into screams. Don't like that. <laughs> it's only slightly spooky. Cell block six is the best place to capture a shadowy figure darting along the walls. We have a video on the drive, which I don't know if we're going to share a link to it. It is the scariest ghost figure thing captured on video that I've ever seen. Oh, that's saying something. Um, Cell block four is for is known for visions of ghostly faces. Many people have reported seeing a silhouette of a guard in one of the towers. Footsteps, wails, whispers, and it's the same stories in the same locations over and over and over again, going back to the 1940s. 
One of the most legendary tales comes from Gary Johnson, who is a locksmith who helps maintain the building. Um, in the early 1990s, he had just opened an old lock on cell block four when he said a force gripped him so tightly that he was unable to move. Mm-mm. He described a negative, horrible energy that exploded out of the cell. Mm-mm. He said tormented faces appeared on the cell walls and that one form in particular beckoned to him. Quote, I had this feeling that I was being watched real intensely. I turned and I'm looking down the block and I know there's no one there. A couple seconds later, I get the same feeling I'm being watched. I turn around and look down the block and don't see anything. As I start to turn down to the block, a long black shadow leaps across the walkway. Mm-mm. A guide with a group from the New York Post refused to step into certain places, most notably the operating room, and others reported roaming in the third floor of cell block 12 and seeing all of the iron doors closed, only to return moments later and they were all opened. No. (laughs) But tour guide Ben Bookman says, it's a lot harder to find a believer than it is to find a skeptic here. We at Eastern State do not claim that the prison is haunted. We run a haunted attraction. He says the staff does not like to exploit the prison's darker image. Most people making TV shows come in here looking for ghosts. That is not the story we tell. Inmates were real people. These were people's lives. 70,000 people spent time here. We're not going to glorify it and we're not going to make fun of it. Well, I like his view on it. And that is the Eastern State Penitentiary. That I'm uncomfortable with. <laughs> that had, You still want to go? That had death and ghosts. I want to go. Even looking at the pictures, I got an uncomfy feeling in my stomach. An uncomfy feeling. Mm -hmm. Like, I should not be here. Great. I do want to say, because they're closed right now because of COVID, they have a really cool virtual tour online where you can, like, go through Google Maps and, like, walk through sections. You were looking for orbs and shadows, weren't you? (laughs) Yes. Only slightly. I did freak myself out a little bit because I was trying to do it on my laptop. So I was doing like the mouse pad, Mm -hmm. I guess it was. And they have, you know, throughout the, I guess it's a museum now, they have little information booths where you can stop and look at different information about where you are. I was looking at one from across the field when I'm on this virtual tour and there was someone sitting in the information booth and I clicked to get closer and they were gone. (laughs) (laughs) And then I realized I was at the wrong information booth. But it took me a second, like, I could only imagine if I was actually there, because I was literally spinning the Google Maps thing around, like, where the fuck did this guy just go? And then I found him. And he was just some, like, crotchety old man sitting in an information booth. We're so smooth. But I, it scared me. I was like, oh, God, it's a ghost on Google Maps. <laughs> I told you I had an uncomfy feeling, so that happened. I was like, well, I'm done now. It's really pretty. It's a gorgeous building, and I kind of cool. like the historic ruin that, like, once they have go inside, because it's kind of areas are kind of crumbling, but yeah, Ooh. it'd be a really pretty place for a photo shoot, just saying. I mean, you guys will have a great time with that, and Rebecca can Photoshop me in. We can go during the day when there's tons of people there. I mean, I made it through Alcatraz with no issues, yeah. so this should be fine, too. You'll be fine. I'll just go back for the nighttime tour. No, no. Um, yeah, you can do... They offer just like a standard tour. You can do a guide tour. You can do the self-guided tour with Steve Buscemi. Um, You can do a nighttime tour. You can do a flashlight tour where they cut all the electricity to the place and you just go through with flashlights. Nope. Okay, I'll do that one by myself apparently. Um, (laughs) And then you can sign up for, they do paranormal tours, small group tours where like you can go in by yourself in just small groups. 
And then, of course, they have the um, terror behind the walls. But that doesn't actually have anything to do with Eastern State. That's just the uh, background for it and the main fundraising event of the year. Mm, 11 years of isolation. I get anxiety thinking about like having to be by myself for a full day. So, no. <laughs> and you have TV and books and stuff to clean. Dude, my cell would be freaking spotless. Girl, mine would not be. <laughs> I'd sink into a depression and be like, I'm filth anyway. No, I would like get up every morning and like throw everything in the middle of the room just so I had something to do, just to clean and fold and put stuff back away. That's how I would, I'd be like the mad maid. Rebecca, how would you handle that? I don't know. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. Rebecca would try to escape. I mean, she's smart enough, too. That's what I'm saying. She'd come up with the way. Uh, that's another thing. If As you're going through, you can find little tunnels. And you have to try and guess if it's just like natural decomposition of the building or did someone try and escape? Mm. At least on the digital tour. I'm sure they tell you when you're actually there. Fair. Cool beans. Well, I want to go. I'm going to feel like I'm going to vomit the whole time, but I want to (laughs) go. This is so much (laughs) Just, we won't eat before. Fair. We'll save food for after. I like it. I will go during the day with you. Perfect. Now we just got to find a reason to go to Pennsylvania. But anyway, remember friends, everyone has something that they find odd. Let us tell you why it's not. I just had flashbacks to our intro. (laughs) Yeah, and let us tell you that it happened in the United States, because that's a question. Hey, um, if you have any questionable topics question you'd like us to me. discuss, you can share them with us on any of our social medias. Links can be found on our website, theladiesestrange.com, or you can email them to us at theladiesestrange at gmail.com. If you have... Nope. That's your stuff. That was a legitimate question, okay? Fair. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. And if you think we're doing a great job and want to support the show, we do need a map. Um, or you can go to <laughs> patreon.com slash the ladies of strange. Keep it strange, lovelies. Goodbye. Bye, guys. <laughs> Sexual odd and queery. <laughs> oh, Zach Baggage. <laughs>